0: The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Manners Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series. Identity theft will do just that help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, podcast listeners. I want to thank those who sent in some comments from last week's message. I had a feeling it would be a bit challenging, but I've got to give you a personal testimony about last week's message. While I was in the studio and we were breaking down the recording to make sure that everything was in line, we got rid of all the coughs and noises and those kind of things. I got about halfway through the podcast and I started to break down, sobbed uncontrollably. And I literally said to the Lord, who is this guy? But I am confessing to you that when I preach, I get more out of hearing myself preach in the studio because I hear the Holy Spirit. I don't hear me. I don't see me. I actually have a connection to the Holy Spirit like a lot of our listeners do. The message was so impactful to me because of one simple principle of not I but Christ. God made it very, very clear to me as I was watching the meters on the software, waiting for little glitches that we needed to edit out and found myself completely removed from what I was doing had to go back later and re-edit because I got pulled in and tied up with the message I'd also understand that many of our listeners if you're normal natural and neutral you're gonna forget the majority of the message Research says that you will forget the message within five hours after you hear it. Then research also proves to us in behavioral science, whatever credit we want to give that, is that you'll only be able to retain 20% of what you heard. That's what will stay with you. Research also says that only 2% of that 20% you will actually do application. Well, after reviewing these statistics this past week, I was reminded of something by the Lord that came out from a question. Why, Lord, is it that we get so little for application after the Holy Spirit is full on in impacting a listener? And a question was put back to me. And I'm going to show you that question in a couple moments. So I'm not just preaching to you. I am giving you what is preached to me. Before I move on, I want to thank a particular pastor I have been working with for a couple years now. He has been a very, very faithful student. He has been referring to me as dad, and I've been referring to him as son Henry. Henry is from Kenya, and I know he's listening. And I want to thank you for the endless communication that we have over the simplest questions. Like what really is playing God? How do I know I'm playing God? How do I know I'm trying to control people? I appreciate those who are in the process of being discipled to ask very simple questions that a child would ask. This is a very, as the world would classify him, a very educated man. He's very aggressive, he's very assertive and he has done an unbelievable job before he discovered the identification truths in Christ. And Henry, after you discovered the identification truths in Christ Jesus as you said to me several times it created a thirst and a hunger and it left you feeling dry as a bone because you We're missing something all these years of you being a Christian. And Henry, you were missing the most significant piece. The first side of the cross is Jesus died on that cross to save us, pay the penalty. The backside of that cross is that, Henry, you died with Christ. Then you were buried with him and then you are raised with him in his likeness of righteousness so henry states here in a quote that i wanted to share with you this week i've already started teaching the identity matters conference in an international forum they were perplexed encouraged and blessed when i was teaching i taught in an elaborate vivid exhaustive manner. I was not brief like the answers I forwarded to you. It is my hope that we shall reach many. Dr. Finney, you have started a fire and we want to keep it burning. It is very true your teaching should be used for educational purposes. It is Christ who teaches the people through you. I, in return, and my teachers will teach others. We together should know God and make him known to the world. As you as a local body here listen to these messages and sing praises with the videos that we can, these tools are going out and being used by men like Henry And many people are being blessed and being challenged. I have asked the Lord, what is the difference between what is happening in this community outside of Nairobi and what seems to lack in the happening of many of our listeners? And the question is going to be so simple, you're probably going to reject it. The Lord has already warned me of how some of the answers are going to come in from this question I'm going to give you. He has warned me that very few are actually going to be able to answer it or are willing to answer it. He showed me a level of rebellion that is standing or sitting before me tonight. Gave me specific names and consequences that were going to be coming because of this question. This question is going to shake the foundation of many listeners. And when I take 52,000 people lined up in this podcast and I break it down to 20%, and then 2%, I have begged the Lord for 10%, which is fair and righteous in Hebrew law. I am praying, and anyone who is listening, I am asking that you pray that the increase would go from 2% to 10% of this, 20% of the 52,000 listeners. God is about to do a miracle. I have a few questions I would like to ask you before the big question. Number one, do you know the difference between absolute authority and relative authority? Surveys show that most people view authority in a single definition. Who's your boss? They're not able to really break that down very much. Civil leaders or employment leaders are at the bottom of the list. Who is at the top of the list? Okay, so God is God, we are not. He is the great I am, He is the great authority. That's all he wanted Moses to realize when he said, Answered a very simple, childlike question, What is your name? But see, what is your name is basically, from God's perspective, Moses saying, Who are you? And as we know in the Hebrew, name means identity. So when God said, I am the I am, he wasn't stuttering or repeating himself. In the Hebrew, he says, I am all of the I am's. So your boss, your merchant leader, your spiritual leader, I am the I am's. That just blew over the heads of most of our listeners. Because you're going to walk away from this podcast and you're going to continue to resist and rebel against your authorities. Second in line is Jesus Christ. He said, For there is nothing that I am saying to you that is of my words. They are of the words of my Father. I am the I am of my own Son." Third in line is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says in John 8 28, for I bring to remembrance the words of Jesus, not the Father. It's Jesus. That's exactly what it says in the passage. Jesus brings about the words of the Father. God does not have to bypass Jesus to get the words of the Father to the Holy Spirit. Jesus is 100% obedient to the words of the Father, and the Holy Spirit will be 100% obedient to revealing the words of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not come up with its own language. The Holy Spirit does not come up with its own interpretations. The Holy Spirit does not come up with its own words to replicate Jesus. He literally brings about remembrance of the words of Jesus Christ. Who's next in line? The spiritual leaders of the church. Henry, you're doing an awesome job. You see, I look at Henry and he is a spiritual leader that I expect everything that God gives to me I can hand to him and he will carefully manage those details to one end. Not so I have another spiritual son. It is so that the ministry of the work of Jesus Christ who is doing the work of his Father may be carried out in a new place on the face of the earth. Next in line are the heads of homes. The spiritual leaders of our churches are to be discipling and building and molding and making the heads of homes so that they can give it to their wives. The wives are supposed to take the receiving of the knowledge and insight and supernatural transformation of the head of home and deliver it to the children. The children are to take that supernatural knowledge and understanding and transform the dog, which is my joke usually about creation. So they don't spin off into creation evolution or evolution, or any other cheap doctrines about creation. Dogs are dogs, and God made them for a purpose. So when we roll it up line, children are children. They are to be trained and nurtured and cared for and prepared to become ministers of the gospel for the next generation. Because Papa is going to die. And then the spiritual leaders of the church are supposed to be equipping and training spiritual leaders to replace them because they too will die. But the Holy Spirit will never experience death. Jesus Christ did that for the Trinity. And God certainly is not going to experience death. There's no death in his being. The only way to experience death is to become a humanoid. It's the only way. Jesus stepped out of his position and he came to earth and he demonstrated that death process, took all of our sins, past, present, and future, and he put them in the tomb. Then he paid the penalty for us, went to the lower parts for three days, and only God knows what happened down there. But I can assure you it wasn't pleasant. Your sins have been paid for because of absolute authority stayed intact. You better pray that that you can hear Jesus and him communicating to you the importance and the difference between absolute authority and relative authority. After tonight's message, you will know the difference. Number two, do you attempt to determine what is good and what is evil? Sounds like a stupid question if you ask me. Of course we have to determine if someone is treating us evil. Of course we have to determine if something is going on around us that is evil. That would be called a lie. It is not your privilege or your prerogative to decide on it. something is evil. That dictionary has already been written. So the subjective relative opinions of others... Determining what is evil or if there is evil or if it's mistakes or wrong choices does not affect the absolute authority of God. Number three, do you tend to go with the flow of the present consensus of Christian thought? What is your definition of church? What is your definition of fellowship? What is your definition of Christian? I see very significant people, men and women, and even young adults, who are going closer and closer to this millennial Jesus because the millennial Jesus grants permission to the human to decide what is good and decide what is evil. I despise this millennial Jesus. I despise the emergent church, which used to be called the lukewarm church of Laodicea. Something's happened to conviction. Do you understand the term relative obedience? Absolute obedience is very easy to understand. Did you know that? Absolute obedience is just simply being told what to do and you do it without hesitation. Relative obedience is hesitating, then hesitating, and then hesitating, and then hesitating until the opportunity has passed. By the way, that was your goal. Whatever your reason was for relative obedience, Relative obedience basically says, I am mostly obedient to you, but not completely. Then you're not obedient at all. Keep your relative obedience. It's humanness. Absolute obedience is what is required of us by God through Jesus Christ and brought into reality by the Holy Spirit. I depend on the Holy Spirit's 100% obedience to be able to be an absolute obedient person. More about that later. Do you release God to be God in your life? Not releasing God to be the primary thought, doctrines, or creeds, It is releasing God to have full control over everything. And that is going to be required of us if we're going to be 100% absolute obedient to not only our spiritual authorities, but to the Trinity as well. Number six is, do you know the difference between demonic wisdom and that of Christ in you? Another silly, almost stupid question. Remember what stupidity is? It's knowing the truth and refusing to do it. That is a stupid person. Stupidity is used in the Bible. In Isaiah, it talks about the stupid shepherds. That is actually the the word that is used in four of the main translations. The prophet himself was referring to stupid shepherds. That's where we find our Hebrew so we can look it up to find out exactly what is being said. It is someone who is not with excuse. They know the truth but refuse to apply it. Last week, if you remember, we talked about those who were leaning on education for transformation. That did not go over well. Most of the comments were through this, what's your deal about being against education? And my reply is, you did not listen to the full message I promised you. Did you? No, 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 no. They stopped at that point. See, the truth and the reality of someone leaning on education for transformation is so hung up on education that they don't hear the Holy Spirit reveal the supernatural truth on exactly what is being said. I don't remember reading anything about Jesus or the Holy Spirit or God the Father going to higher education so that they can minister the word of truth. To ordain someone who we wait on meeting the educational standards of ministering the word of truth became one of the greatest heirs of the church in church history. As soon as you are indwelt by the power and life of the living Christ, you were commissioned and certified to preach. We also talked about common sense over the voice of the Holy Spirit. Common sense is logic from the tree of knowledge. We talked about those who suffer with selfish ambition and demonic doctrines. Something we all struggle with. We talked about the lack of guidance from spiritual authority. Another one that several reacted to. What's your deal? Why isn't it easy for you to figure out that you must obey your boss? You must obey your parents. You must obey your spiritual leaders. You must obey the Holy Spirit. You must obey Jesus Christ before you'll have the prerogative to obey God the Father. No peace is pulled out by God. If any of those leaders do not give you absolute word of truth, then you have a discussion on your hands with your spiritual leader to make sure you are getting good clarification of what they've asked you to do. If it's unbiblical, you simply don't do it in honor and respect. You don't dump them and move to the next church. Lack of guidance from spiritual authority and then delayed obedience of that spiritual authority and then stealing the role of God the Father. All of those are bunched together in one single problem. So therefore, we have to create this new kind of Christianity to make it look like we're obedient Christians you're not fooling me. Any peg that gets pulled out of this this descending flow of authority, you've lost me. I will not listen to you. I may listen with one ear so that I can hear what you're saying so I can guide and direct you, but the odds of you being able to be guided and directed are next to nilch. Because you pulled out one of the pegs. Oh, I'll listen to my pastor, but I'm certainly not going to listen to my dad. Really? That pastor better be making sure that you did listen to your dad before you got to him. That's like switching churches, and the pastor of the second church openly accepts this person before they find out if they have a bum relationship. They're in defiance to the pastor of the last church. There's a book that just came out. It's going to go on our network about how pastors should handle new people. There's a step-by-step procedure of what we're supposed to do or we're stealing the responsibilities of another pastor. All these things are very important. Here's our big question that was asked of me and now I ask it of you as our listener. Question of the day do you avoid the feeling of conviction? Convict is what? Someone has been convicted. And the law has laid down a judgment and finally a consequence. Once the consequence takes place, you are a convict. Now, the reason why we don't have people standing before the courts and looking at the judge and said, you know, we can all save a lot of time here and a lot of legal fees and a lot of dancing around the truth, I'm just going to tell you up front, I did it. And I want the consequences of what I did and that without partiality. That's Colossians 3.25, by the way. It would be over. Plus you would probably end up getting grace at least more than you would have got by fighting the process trying to prove you were kind of innocent. So at 602-292-2982 I would love to have some responses to this one. Do you really avoid The feeling of conviction. To make this very personal to you, this is how God answered my question about what I sense and what the Holy Spirit is revealing to me about the broad audience that we have to the short audience that we have sitting here tonight. Lord, what's wrong? And him posing that question back on me Basically, putting me in the position of saying it's the same thing with you. Do you really feel the conviction that I have put upon you through the Holy Spirit? Because true conversion and change cannot take place until you're able to admit that you are convicted. You are convicted and ready to be sentenced. You see, the grace of God and the pastor from Phoenix that was in a dialogue with me for a full day as we were warring over this idea of what true grace is versus this gracilistic movement that seems to be permeating the church. And our discussion moved in and around this whole idea of can you tell me? What conviction is. And the answers basically went lukewarm and skirted around the real question in regard to being freed in Christ Jesus, we no longer have to suffer with conviction. Welcome to the millennial world, Pastor. <laughs> You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.